Hi, I'm Joe Ciarella Sweetman. This is a podcast for creatives, entrepreneurs, adventurers, and travelers. Living life in an exciting way, where remarkable women living off the beaten path share their stories of resilience, courage, and hope. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. I believe you are the creator of your life. Don't you deserve to overcome your childhood trauma and take back control of your life? I know how painful it can be to feel disconnected from yourself, your friends, family, and the world. I would like to introduce you to the Illuminate Your Life membership. I help ambitious women dealing with childhood trauma and stressors to feel confidence in their own skin so that they can live life more fearlessly, with less anxiety, and move out of their comfort zone to embody the commitment of healing and love they've made to themselves. I do this by taking you through proven techniques and practices to connect with your body on a deeper level. Are you ready to feel connected to yourself and others? Feel compassion for yourself. Let go of self-judgment and start showing appreciation. Learn to deal with your anxiety and feel connected. You're in luck. In a couple months, I'll be launching the Eliminate Your Life membership. This tribe will have determined, motivated, passionate women who want to better their state of mind, learn how to deal with their past traumas, and see and evaluate how it shows up for them. No more fake it till you make it in this community. We will practice it until we embody it. Join the waitlist today at backrosecoaching.com slash illuminateyourlife By signing up today, you will get more information and a free audio centering practice to start connecting with your higher self today. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast, where we talk about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. Today on the show, we have April Nicole Scipio. She is an author of In Pursuit, and His Grace, a 30-day devotional, as well as she hosts the Live, Love, Lead podcast. And she's also a success coach for women, helping them live each and every day with purpose. Welcome, Nicole. It's so nice to have you with us. Thank you so much. I love being here. Tell us about yourself. Yes. Well, like you said, I am a success coach for women, and that is something I'm passionate about. I am obsessed with success because I truly believe that all of us have this potential inside of us that we that can be reached and it's not reached unless we're intentional about it. And so I love helping women define what success looks like for them so that they know what they're striving for. I think often we just live life just checking off boxes and life gets so busy and we blink and it's like when we look back can we really say that we've lived a successful life? And so I'm so passionate about helping women actually create a life where they feel like every day is purposeful and they can look back and say, yes, I'm living a successful life. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. So what does success mean to you? I know how you were saying like you like everybody to define what success means for them. And I love that because it's true. I think for me personally, success has to start from within. So if I was going to define success for myself, the first question I'm asking myself is, okay, who is the person I'm becoming? Because I recognize that even if I have all of these goals that that I think define success, if I'm not developing the character and the mindset to actually achieve those things, then it's not going to work. 
So first of all, success is being a healthy version of you on the inside, making sure I'm taking care of myself, my mindset is healthy, that I'm loving who I'm seeing in the mirror each day. And then I think once that part is is taken care of, then essentially I can look at the outside. Okay, so now that I'm successful on the inside, let's think about how I can impact others. I think about success being something that goes beyond just you, but it's how are you reaching and impacting other people? And I really feel like those two go hand in hand because I think a lot of times people want to be successful and they want to reach people. And sometimes they're actually even doing that, but because they haven't taken care of the first part, they end up striving and trying to serve others from a place of emptiness instead of a place of overflow. And so it's like, if you take care of the inside and get that filled up, then you you can be successful of taking care of everyone else on the outside. It's like it kind of overflows and spills out on other people. Absolutely. I think that is 100% key. You have to find that success for yourself on the inside and look at the mirror and say, do I like the person I'm becoming? And so we talked about success a little bit. So now a lot of people have a hard time looking at themselves in the mirror and sensing that they love what they see and they like what they see. What would you say to those people? I would say if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, then you have to know that that can be changed. I think often people don't want to really take an honest look at themselves because they're afraid of what they're going to see. But what I say is you have to take a look in order to know how to improve. I don't like when people say, oh, that's just how I am or, oh, that's just the way it is. Because I'm like, no, you have power on the inside of you. Let's figure out, you know, let's take an honest look at where you are. So then we can figure out how to get you to where you are liking what you see. And yes, that's going to take work and determination. And, you know, there's someone, I don't know who actually came up with this, but this is not my original thought, but they say, you know, you can't expect different results if you're doing the same thing. And when I heard that, I'm like, yes, that is so true. Because often, you know, we want to, we want that change. We want to be different people. We want to become people where we really do like what we see. But the question is, are you willing to take the necessary steps? And so if someone's looking in the mirror and they don't like what they see, my encouragement will be, all right, well, let's figure out what steps you have to take and let's take them. Yes. Baby steps will get you everywhere. You just have to start. Yeah, absolutely. And so you were talking a little bit to determination. How can somebody grow determination? Because I don't think it's necessarily something you're born with. Right. I think you have to go back to your why, why you're doing something and you're determined to, to fulfill whatever that why is, because it's not easy. Any kind of change, life change is hard. Let's just be Mm -hmm. honest. If life change were easy, then every single person would be changing every day, but that's just not how it happens. And so to stay determined and motivated and keep going, even when it gets hard, you have to, number one, I would say, be willing to put in the work. But then number two, go back to your why. Like, yes, I'm putting in this work, but why? It's always that bigger picture. So for me, my why is I want to create a legacy for my kids. You know, I don't want my kids starting from ground zero. I feel like when I built my life and my business and my family, I'm starting from ground zero. And I feel like my parents did that. And I feel like my grandparents did that. And so for me personally, I want to create a legacy where my kids don't feel like they're having to start from ground zero in whatever area that in every area, whatever that means. So 
financially and spiritually and just the impact for the community. I want them, I want to create something where my kids can stand on my shoulders. And so when those days get hard and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, I'm determined to create this legacy for my kids. And so at that point, my feelings don't matter. At that point, other people's opinions don't matter because I'm determined to fulfill this why, this bigger picture in my life. Yes. And that is so beautiful that your kids are your why because they, they're beautiful. They're little humans that are dependent on us, right? Right. And so we have to show up for them and everybody's why is going to look a little different. And I think that is so amazing that you spoke to that you have to have a why and then you have to put action behind that why. And when you're not motivated, go back and revisit that why you decided to do something in the first place. And you can always reassess. You can always pivot. It's just, yeah, it goes back to just starting and taking action, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a part of that also is when you're determining your why, I think it helps you gain clarity. Because I really feel like some people, that's where they get stuck, the clarity piece. Uh, Because some people, you know, they know their why, but they're still stuck because they're lacking maybe that confidence to move forward. Or sometimes they even start comparing themselves to other people. And so I'm like, we need clarity because for me, you know, if I'm clear on why I'm doing something, I'm clear on what I'm called to do, I'm clear on my mission then for me, that builds confidence. Like I know, okay, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I'm motivated to do that. And then there's the comparison piece. It's like, because I'm so clear on what I'm doing, I don't have time to be discouraged or worried about what someone else is doing because I'm so clear on what my focus needs to be. Yes. And how would you say you gain that clarity? You think just from taking that action and going for it every day or... Yeah, I definitely, definitely would agree that taking action is huge because until you try something, you don't really know what feels right. You know, you have to say, all right, I'm going to try this and then I'll tweak it. I'm going to try it and I'll tweak. And I think a lot of people get hung up on, oh, but what if I fail? Well, it's your perspective of failure may need to shift because in my mind, failure is just an opportunity to grow. I call failure my fertilizer. It's like, if I want to grow, if I want to move forward in these things that I know I'm called to do, then I've got to try it. And each time I try, guess what? I get more and more clarity on what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And so it's really important that you you give yourself, I call it permission to fail. I remember when I first started my podcast, you know, I listened back to those first episodes and I'm like, oh, that was bad. (laughs) However... It's like, if I never would have given myself permission to be terrible, I would never be where I am now. And so I think so many people count themselves out because they're not giving themselves permission to get it wrong. I mean, permission if you getting it wrong actually opens the door for you to getting it right. Yes. And getting it right in the way that you want it to be right, because you can be following somebody else's example and it just doesn't work for you. Right. And so you're not necessarily failing, but you're not following your truth is what I say. So sometimes when you do fail and make that mistake, you're getting feedback and you're figuring out what you truly want from those from it not working, because if it worked, then you would just keep doing what you're doing. But each time it doesn't work, you're allowed to pivot, you're allowed to change it and redesign it to what you feel is right for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to definitely figure out what your standard is. And you know, what expectations you're going to set for yourself. I think sometimes may let other people put us in a box or we 
we say, oh, that doesn't fit what so-and-so thinks I should do. But in actuality, you have to be confident and comfortable with what you're doing and how you're doing it. You are so inspiring. Everything you are saying is just wonderful. And I think people are going to get so much value from it because I think even though we hear some of these things often, we can't hear them enough. We do need those. We do. We need that push to keep going after our dreams and goals. Yeah, we definitely need that push. I mean, even me, like, you know, this, what you're hearing, I appreciate those words, but I'm telling you, it ha- it was a complete journey of mindset renewal for me personally. Just every single day, I have, I'm really big on routines. And so part of my morning routine, I journal a lot. And it's like every day is this dying to myself, this dying to, you know, uh, these negative thoughts. It's like, all right, today, I'm not going to accept these negative thoughts. And I write down, these are the thoughts that I'm accepting in my life today. And I'm telling you, it's this, it it was a consistent um, work. You know, it's like, I can't just do it one day. It's like every single day I have to work on this mindset. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening. I mean, sometimes it's easy to hear someone, you know, talk and say, oh, that person's confident or, oh, they've got stuff going on. But I'm telling you, I had to start from somewhere. Like you have got to just decide, all right, This is where I want to go. And so I've got to create and develop my mindset so I can get to where I'm going. I really think that mindset is literally 90% of what we do. And we really only limit ourselves by our own thinking. It's like we think so, so, so small. Um, One thing I encourage women that I work with to do is dream because oftentimes we forget how to do that. It's like when we're little, you know, we dream of maybe getting married or dreaming of this career or dreaming of this house or dreaming of this job. And it's like, when we check all those boxes off, we kind of just settle and we kind of just stop dreaming and we live life just however it comes to us. And I'm like, no, I'm like, if you can't even dream it up, then how are you positioning yourself to even experience it? And so every day I'm like, Hey, what, what do I want to dream up today? And I have friends that laugh at me because They'll say one idea and then I'll talk for five minutes and I would have created this whole plan (laughs) in my head. But it's like, for me, I love dreaming because it helps me remember what's possible. Sometimes we look at our situations and we look at our circumstances and we look at our own wisdom, our own resources, and we let that kind of determine what we think is possible. But I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, I'm going to dream up the biggest dream I can dream because my dreams are what's possible. You know, resources, I can get resources. I can get more wisdom. I can learn how to do something. If I don't know how to do something, oh, I can figure it out. Don't you worry. But I'm like, I've got to dream. I've got to be able to see it. I've got to be able to visualize myself in this thing so that I can actually create space for me to actually experience it. Yes, 100%. I am a firm believer in visualization. I believe that is key for getting what you want. Because like you said, if you can't visualize it, if you can't imagine it, if you can't see yourself doing it, then it never can happen because it's, you're just kind of playing Russian roulette in a sense. But if you can start to dream, like you're saying, and start to imagine yourself playing bigger, playing, doing the thing that you've always wanted to do, you will start to look for ways to make that happen. Yes. And I do believe in like dream boards. I believe in journaling. I believe in because we are going to have those negative thoughts of limiting beliefs that creep up. We're human. It's impossible to go through the day and not have some negative thoughts. But it's up to us to be like, you know what? 
that's not for me. I'm not going to hold on to that belief today, you know? And so I love that you're speaking to that because we have that power. We may not have the power to decide what we think in our mind minute by minute, but we can decide what we accept. It comes with gaining that awareness, I believe, and to be able to say, you know what, stop, Josie. You're being a little negative, like, nope, let's reframe that. Let's look at that from a different point of view and change our mindset. And you can be doing that all day, every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So true. All day, every day. It's like a, it's a practice. Honestly, it's like the more you do it, the better you get at it and the easier it gets. Yes. Uh, once you start practicing it, it almost becomes funny to me anyway. <laughs> I'm at a point where my mind, I'm, I laugh. I'm like, what? No. Where did that even come from? You know? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. what? Uh, That's not me. I'm not this person. I don't yes. know you. It's yes. It almost becomes like a joke <laughs> between so, the two so of us. So true. So true. So true. Sometimes I say, you know, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can definitely prevent it from building a nest. Like, not yes. here. Not here. Yeah, you can fly by. Yeah, I love that. That's a beautiful analogy because you can actually kind of imagine the bird flying by and not letting it land. I absolutely love that analogy. It's beautiful because it gives you a visual. Yes. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your family life. Yes, I am married to my high school sweetheart. Oh, wow. And so it's really fun. We've been married for, I guess, about 16 years now. I think, yeah, I'm like, let me make sure I say it right. Because if he listened to this, he'd be like, what's happening? Um, <laughs> 16 years, we have three amazing kids. Um, our oldest girls are 13 and 12. And then we have a son who's nine. And we also actually planted a church about three years ago. I guess it'll be four years this January. And so we're really involved in our community. And we just have a good time. We're, we're, we're teaching our kids that we want to live life beyond ourselves. It's really important for our kids to, um, we don't want our kids to just do church, but we're really intentional about teaching our kids that we are the church. And so it's just, we're on this incredible journey of impacting our community uh, while we're raising our kids to love this community. And I'm just so, so very grateful for the opportunity uh, that God has allowed me to, to to live this life with my family. Your kids will be so, so empowered by going through something like this and by going on the journey with you. Yeah. They will grow up to be so empowered and to be, like you said, a staple of the community and not just do church, but be like the church. I love that you said that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's really important to me. I think I'm I'm a little bit passionate about it because I grew up in a family of church planners and pastors. And so church was what we quote unquote did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what it meant to have like a relationship and actually be impactful. So when I left home to go to college, I literally just stopped going to church because it wasn't in great. It was just like something we did. Oh, I don't live at home anymore. So, oh, I don't go to church. It wasn't until like my junior year of college that the light bulb went off. Like, oh, I actually can be a part of this thing. So with my kids growing up in a home of church planners and pastors, I am like so intentional. Like, look, I don't care what mom and dad does. You are going to figure out this is your own relationship. This is your own journey. We're going to take you with us, but you need to be developing this on the inside of you. This is not just something we we're going to check off the box here. So, <laughs> yes, I love that you said that because that's like, that's my That's my life that you're speaking of. Like I went to church every Sunday as a child and it's what we did. We went to church. It wasn't, it wasn't a part of me. So like you said, when I left home, it was not something that I felt called to do because 
it wasn't my on my to-do list anymore. And so I love that you said you have to kind of make it your own and develop that relationship with it. I've never really looked at it that way. I've still to this day kind of look at church myself as something that you do. And I love that you're speaking to that it doesn't have to be that way. So please enlighten us, speak more to this because I love it. Absolutely. So the thing with church is a lot of people think that church is just the four walls, you know, and at the time of this recording, you know, our country is going through a pandemic and a lot of churches can't meet inside of buildings. And while some people are frustrated with that, Like, I actually love that because I'm like, y'all, maybe you'll finally get it. Like, church is not a building. It's not supposed to be a building. Um, It's like church is, it's, it's how you can reach other people. I really believe a person can only be truly fulfilled when they're taking their passions, gifts, talents, desires, and using them to serve other people. I really feel like that's how you reach fulfillment. And so that's the church. That's what the church is. And so it's like, I really feel like um, for me personally, and this is what I'm teaching my kids, we're on a spiritual journey. And so for me and my beliefs, I believe that a first step is having a relationship with Christ. But I think people that have a relationship with Christ, that's where they stop. And I think that's where the disconnect comes. So it's like, okay, relationship with Christ, that's not the finish line. That's not the end goal. That is the most important step, but that's just the starting line. So it's like, after you have this relationship with Christ, what's your next step? Well, you got to find some kind of freedom because just because you have a relationship with Christ doesn't mean your mind has changed and your mind is renewed. You still got the same old crazy thinking. You still got baggage from other relationships. You still got all this drama that you're carrying in to this relationship with Christ. And you got to do what it takes to renew your mind and get free from that. And then, okay, now that I've experienced in freedom, okay, what's my next step? Well, you've got to figure out how you were created and how you were designed. What gifts do you have? What talents do you have? What passions do you have? How are you wired? What's your personality? I believe all of that stuff is for a reason. You know, there's a reason why I get mad at certain things and you maybe don't. Because maybe what I'm called to do, I need this righteous indignation. I got to be fired up about it in order for me to take action. And so, you know, it's okay. You you have to think about every every part of you, even the good and the bad, even the stuff you're like, oh, I hate that I do that. It's like, can you take every part of that? And now you're, you can go to this next step of, of serving others. So it's like this journey. It's like, okay, I have this relationship with Christ. All right, I'm finding some freedom. I'm renewing my mind. I'm getting my thinking on par. All right, now I'm discovering who I am. There's a statistic, like 80% of people who claim to be Christ followers will check a box that says they don't know their purpose. And for me, I'm like, oh my goodness, like you got to know your purpose because ultimately the end, the goal is to now take what you take, who you are and the gifts that you have, and then now actually serve and make an impact for other people. I mean, Jesus, he came to serve people. He didn't come to be put inside of four walls. It's like, hello, you're here for Mm -hmm. a reason because we need you to reach people. And so many people are not, are not taking that seriously. They're like, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I go to church. So I must be good. And they're missing it. They are totally missing it. So sorry to get on my soapbox, but I'm a little bit passionate about that. No, you have opened my eyes. Like, honestly, I have never, no one has ever explained it to me in that way. And 
that's the reason I don't do church. Like I totally am a cross follower. I'm a Christian. I am the most blessed human on earth. I say <laughs> I am <laughs> truly the luckiest, most blessed person. I am so loved. And so I know this, but I still, I've never really thought of it that way. Like in the way you explained it was just so beautiful because it makes so much sense. You have to find Christ. Yes. And then you have to find yourself. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And then in finding yourself, you have to find a way to serve because yeah. that's how you're going to gain fulfillment and finding your gifts and giving them to others makes me so happy, you yes. know? Yes, girl. Yes. And yeah. I think people are so afraid to like ask what their purpose is because the moment you start asking people what their purpose is, they get really shy and they get yeah. really quiet because they just don't know. Yeah. And then, I mean, that is a loaded question, but if you think about it, I always tell people, where do you start? You start with what you naturally like and what you're nat naturally gifted at. Like just start there. You know, you may not know your entire purpose in one day, but think about what you do already know and start using that. And then exactly. from you using that, then your door, you know, other opportunities will open up. You may gain other interests or other things may come to mind, but you can't just stay stuck. You've got to say, all right, I love kids. All right, what's something I could do? You know, maybe I can go volunteer at the local library and I don't know, do a virtual reading club with elementary kid students. You know, I don't know. I'm just making an example, but it's like, exactly. you, you know, you like something. And if you don't know what you like, let's start there. <laughs> Let's yes. start there. <laughs> start with what you like. And I always love it. This is not my original idea, but your mess is your message. Uh -huh. Like what you've been through, you can help somebody else. Yes. You can so, serve somebody else. Like so you, you survived, you overcame something. Now, how yeah. can you take that and make it so that somebody else doesn't have to suffer as much as you did? Yes. So true. You know, I really believe that um, the enemy wants us to be ashamed of our stories. You know, he wants us to look at the bad and like, oh, I don't want anyone to, you know, know that happened to me yes. or, or know I'm part of that. But I just think that's just so he's so deceptive because actually sharing your story, number one, it's going to bring you freedom, but then also it's going to help someone else experience freedom. So it's like double powerful. I think that's why we, people are fought so hard mentally, you know, that mindset thing of sharing their story, because yes. once you share that story, man, it just opens up just so many other amazing things for your life. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. People don't want to tell their story, especially the ones that make them feel shame or make them feel guilt and just they don't like what they see and they blame themselves. Those are the stories that people don't want to share, but I think those are the stories that can change lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when I first started my business, you know, I at first didn't want to tell, quote unquote, the story behind that, uh, but it actually empowered me when I started sharing. You know, I was actually in Christian education for uh, over 10 years and I actually got to be in administration. And I just got underneath a school board that was very um, toxic, for lack of a better word. And, you know, one day I an email came across my desk that wasn't supposed to come to me. Like it was accidentally forwarded to me. And it was this email of all this negative things. Like one of the board members were just like bad mouthing me to the rest of the board. And like my heart sunk and I was like, oh my goodness. And so I went to them. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? And basically I feel like I was lied to because they were so, you know, oh no, you know, you're the right person for the job, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then after a series of meetings and lots of tears, you know, they made me like create this whole action plan that honestly, I didn't feel it was 
appropriate because some of the things that the board member was saying in the email wasn't even true and wasn't, I'm like, okay, I get, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the perfect employee. However, can you do a formal evaluation so I can really know what you think and it's objective and I can know exactly what you want me to work on. And I was refused a formal evaluation and they were like, no, make an action plan based on what we're telling you. So I'm like, okay, fine. I did it. So I submit the action plan. The action plan gets approved. This is in the month of October. The action plan gets approved and I hear nothing, no follow-up, nothing, crickets. And so I'm doing my job, going on with school life as normal. And the day before we go back to Christmas break, it's a Saturday night at 8.30. I get a text message that says, you need to come tomorrow, which is a Sunday for a mandatory meeting. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. My husband and I pastor a church. We have a lot of church stuff happening that day. I can't make it. And they were like, okay, well, then Monday morning at 6.30, you need to come. So I'm like, okay. So I go to this meeting and I sit down and they're like, we don't like the way things are going. So you can either resign today or you can be, we can go through the process of firing you. And my heart just sang and I was so confused, angry, upset. And I think what frustrated me was because I didn't even know what I was being fired for. Like, I think that was, that was, I think that's why it made it hard for me to share that story with people because if people were like, oh, you know, what happened with your job? I didn't even know how to explain it at first because I'm like, I don't even know what I did wrong. But the silver lining in all of this is what God showed me was that, okay, April, for all these years, you've been pouring yourself, like literally pouring yourself into somebody else's dream. And now it's time for you to pour yourself into your dream. And not only that, I'm going to help you show other people how to create success in their lives and pour themselves into their dreams. And that's really how my business was birthed out of this yucky story. So now when I share my story, I'm like, it's empowering for me every time I share it because I remember it's like I'm going back to how this, how, how what I'm doing now all started because the gifts and talents that I have on the inside of me, somebody needs these things. And I want to use my gifts and passions and talent to serve other people. But because I was so wrapped up into what somebody else's idea of success was, what somebody else's dream was, then it hindered me from actually doing the thing I know I was called to do. And so I just always encourage people, hey, find out what your dreams are. Find out what success looks like for you. And part of that is your story and and share that because that's part of you being successful. Absolutely. And it sounds like it was a blessing in disguise. Oh, my goodness. Yes, girl. I look back now. I'm like, Lord, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for taking me from that toxic situation. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. And every day I remind myself on the hardest days, I remind myself like I prayed for this. Like I wanted this. I created this. So when I'm having those horrible days where I don't want to show up for the things that I've promised and the things that I've worked for, the things that literally I prayed for, I tell myself like, this is what you wanted. Like you wanted this. So even just that simple reminder of telling yourself you wanted this, this is your dream come true. Like it's worth working on. Well, it has so much power. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that you shared that story with us because, yeah, you said it is not a fun thing to relive because I'm sure that moment in time was so like not a good feeling because right. even as you were telling that story, I felt it in the pit of my stomach. And I know that didn't feel good, but you sharing that story, somebody else is going to totally relate. Yeah. Somebody's going to be like, oh my gosh, that was so me. Yeah. And they're going to be like, okay, she overcame that. She made her dream come true from that. Maybe I can do that. Like, what can yeah. I do? 
So yes. I appreciate you sharing that story. It's beautiful. Absolutely. So do you like to travel? Because we are on the Backroads podcast where we talk about living life off the beaten path. Yes. <laughs> so I love to travel. Obviously, I haven't done it recently, yeah. but I love to travel. Um, I don't know. I just, it's so much fun just seeing new places and meeting new people. I actually, on my bucket list is to one day speak on a stage in Australia. So I'm totally going to do that one day. I don't know how and when, but it's totally happening. <laughs> um, and so I love it. I love traveling because I think it expands your mindset. You know, it's easy to stay in the same place and get kind of stuck, you know, but it, when you can see other things and other things that are happening, I feel like it's a way to birth vision, you know, like you're traveling somewhere and you see something else that gives you an idea and you're like, oh, wait. I have this idea for this. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, perfect example of this. I do a daily devotional um, in the mornings um, on, my, in my, on my Facebook page. And last year I traveled to a conference and the person just talked about just that it was a Christian conference. And the person talked about the importance of inviting other people to know Christ. And so I was like, yes, I know that. But hearing that, I don't know, it was just like going there. I just really got it. And so from that day on, I made sure that at the end of every devotional, I invited someone who didn't know Christ to know Christ. And so that little bit of mind shift happened by me getting outside of my normal day-to-day -day circle. And so I just really appreciate that moment because, you know, who knows from that someone may come to know Christ. And then that person's now changing the world in some capacity, you know, just by me doing my little step of obedience. I think that's so important. I know we're talking about travel, but um, when God tells you to go, you need to go because yes. your one step of obedience, who knows what that can open up for you or open up for somebody else. Absolutely. 100%. When you're in a new place, you're kind of more of a sponge for some reason. You're more open. You're <laughs> yes. more like you let your guard down a little bit more because you're not in your everyday life. And Absolutely. so like you were saying, you're able to understand even the things that you've heard a million times before, you're able to understand it at a whole nother level because your guard isn't up. Yes, I really yeah. agree with that. We take, um, my husband and I, we take a group of teenagers every year on a ski trip. And it's for that very, it's for that very reason, because they're in their normal routine so much and getting them out of their normal environment. Um, it just gives an opportunity, opportunity for them to be disciple in a way that wouldn't happen if they just stayed in their normal everyday activities. And I love that you take them on a ski trip. Are you a skier? No, girl. I stay back and make sure like lunch is being ready or something. <laughs> I am not a skier uh, at all. It's pretty bad, but it's all good. But my husband yeah, right, loves to ski. Yeah. yeah. He loves to ski. I'm like, why, why do you love to ski? What What's happening? It's just, yeah, I have one speed on the trails and it's fast <laughs> and hurt myself. So wow. yeah, I'm right there with you. I will stay back and keep, <laughs> keep myself warm in the lodge. Yes. 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 yes, I love that you let those girls experience something like that. And you, and they probably have something that stays with them forever that they always mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. Definitely. So you were saying, so we've talked a little bit about mindset today, which I think is huge. It's the, I think, number one thing we can work on to get the life that we dream of. So how did you start working on your mindset? How did that work for you? I think the first thing I started doing, honestly, was reading my Bible. Um, for me and what I believe, um, I believe that the Bible is what I call my mirror. 
it's like the place where I go to to see what's possible for me. And so for me, I'm like, okay, is there anything that I'm thinking that doesn't line up with what I'm reading? And I want to make sure that I'm aligning my thoughts with that. And so I do a lot of meditation on that. So for example, you know, something that one of my daily affirmations that I say over myself every day is I am wise. And that's because there's a scripture and there's a book of the Bible and it's called James and it's a letter that was written. And in this book, James talks about how you, if you want wisdom, you can ask God for it and God won't look at you like you're crazy. He'll just give you, he'll just give it to you generously. And I love that because I'm like, yeah. So when I'm in situations and I feel inadequate and I feel like I don't know what to do and I'm like, oh my goodness, I need wisdom. I go back to that. All right. I know that I've read that, you know, I can ask God for wisdom and he's not going to look at me crazy. So, all right, let me ask him for wisdom. Um, so for me, that's where it starts. I'm like, wh- whatever thoughts I'm thinking of, does it line up with what I've read um, in the Bible, which I believe to be the ultimate truth? So I think anyone that wants to, to renew their mind, it starts with what do you believe to be true? You know, for me, I get my truth from the Bible. So it's like, you got to start with what you believe to be true first. You can't, you can't depend on your thoughts and your emotions to tell you what's true (laughs) because your emotions will lie to you. Your mind will lie to you. Other people will lie to you. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, all right, let me figure out what I believe to be true. Let's start there. Let's start with the baseline. Let's start with the standard. Let's, let's start with the, how I'm going to measure this thing. And then once you find out, you know, what you believe to be true, then it's easier to recognize when the thought doesn't line up with that. Um, And I I use this too with my parenting. And so I know that like crazy stuff is going in the, in the world today. And I honestly don't worry about my kids. Like, are they going to be perfect? No. But my philosophy is I'm going to pour so much truth into my kids that when they're out in the world and they recognize something that's wrong, it's going to be so easy for them to recognize it because they're filled with so much truth. And so it starts with knowing what, what, what is truth. And then when you, when you get those thoughts that doesn't line up, it's like, oh, wait, nope, that doesn't line up with what I know to be true. And then you can take care of it. Yes. Our minds are here to keep us safe. And yes. sometimes in keeping us safe, it's going from old behaviors that don't even serve us anymore. Yes. Those are behaviors that served us like a long, long time ago that don't align at this point in chapter of our life. And so asking yourself, is it true? And what do I believe to be true is such an important question. Yes. And it's one that you have to ask yourself often, I believe. Yes. I always say, you know, we got to consider the source. If you're thinking a thought, where did it come from? If someone tells you something, you know, what, who are they? Are they credible? What's the source? And, you know, this emotion that I'm feeling, you know, where is it coming from? What's the source of that? And I think that's so important because, you know, we, we all have emotions and emotions are not bad. I feel like emotions give us information. It's like data. It's like, okay, I'm in a situation. I'm feeling angry. I recognize that. So let's talk. Let's just because I'm feeling angry, it's good for me to be aware that I'm angry, but just because I'm feeling angry does not mean I have to respond in anger. And so it's like shifting my mind to say, okay, what do I know to be true? How, how should I treat people? How should I talk to people? You know, what, what are the right words to, to use? And we want to shift our minds to be 
focus on truth instead of maybe what our emotions may be telling us. Yes. And it's so easy to go off your emotions. I know for for longest time, that was how I operated in this world is everything I felt was right. Mm-hmm. I am angry at you. So you're wrong. I'm <laughs> yeah. sad. So you hurt me. Like, yeah. And I've come to learn over time that is so not true. Yes, my emotions are valid. Yes, I can be sad. Yes, I can be angry. But really, did that person mean to make me angry? Did they mean to make me sad? What is it in me? What is showing up in me? Yeah. What is about me that I'm angry about the situation? Yeah. And I think when you look at it from that point of view and look at it from uh, not the other person, because they're yes. only our mirrors. <laughs> they're yes. only reflecting back to us who we really are. <laughs> all day long Um, if you look at it that way it just opens like the world I I mean it's shifted my whole life by looking at life in that way like you're saying asking if it's true and asking why do I feel this way and having that inner dialogue with myself and always turning it back to me because who knows what the other person is thinking maybe they're not even trying to upset you or hurt you you know yeah so true I always say like people are going to interact with you based on their perception of things, based on their past experiences. That's the lens that they're seeing the world through, right? So it's like we can be in the same room with the same things happening, but our experiences may be two totally different experiences because of the lens that we're looking at. And so I try to keep that in mind, especially if people are like upset or angry or, or treat me in a negative way. I'm like, all right, April, we don't know what happened five minutes ago. And I just may happen to be the next person that they encountered. And so it's like, you know, show them a little bit of grace here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be okay. You know, I don't, ha- yes. I don't have to, I don't have to respond how they're coming at me. Exactly. And that's a choice. Yes. That's power. Once you learn that, once you figure that out, that is to be able to control yourself in that way is just, I mean, it feels life-giving. Yes. It, it feels is like you're not out of control. Like it's so, it's so nice to have that <laughs> sense of like, it's so nice because I've been on this journey of self-discovery myself for, since it started, heavily started in 2017. And the shift that has happened since I started to gain that awareness of I can control how I act. Like I don't have to respond to everybody in the way they're showing up at me. Like I can yeah. choose to, like you said, show love and be grace and just be quiet even. Yes. Let's talk about that. Sometimes it's just better like to not say anything. And for me, sometimes that's so hard because I'm such a talker. I'm like, I just want to talk it out. Like if I'm, if I'm thinking it, I feel like somebody needs to know it, but (laughs) it's not always the best. (laughs) Yes. That used to be me too. My heart, it was important. At this moment, there's no going to bed until this is fixed. Uh, Seriously. (laughs) And sometimes the best thing you can do, like you said, is just say, yeah, nothing at all. Just take it in for a second, like simmer. (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to teach my middle daughter that her personality is very much, oh, if I'm thinking it, you're definitely going to know it. And I'm not even going to use a filter before you get to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. That was all all my life. And oh, yeah. Anybody that knew me growing up knew that I was, it's fire. Like, <laughs> I was just hot-headed and stubborn and fire. And um, it came out because I didn't know how to do anything else. I didn't know yeah. the word simmer. I didn't know the word awareness. Like, why? 
Are you yeah. feeling this way? And so I love that you're trying to teach that to your daughter at such a young age because that's going to serve her in such a positive way. I'm trying, girl. I'm like, look, we got to get it right now because once she moves out, you know, she's got to have these skills figured out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how do you how do you teach somebody this? Because I mean, like I said, this journey started in 2017 for me, yeah. and so yeah, it wasn't something that I was taught. It was. I was able to be who I was and it served me, of course. I mean, yeah. I lived until that point, but yeah. not the most positive light. Yeah, I think I've, the, the most success we've had with this is calling it out right when we see it. Like as soon as she says something that is off or like I knew she needed to say it in a better way, I'm like, oh, wait, mm, let's try that again. Or because I don't I don't think she naturally she doesn't mean to hurt people's feelings at yes. all. Like she has the biggest heart for people. But her personality is like, in her mind, it's like, what do you mean? Like, she she does not wear her feelings on her sleeve. And she forgets that other people do that. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I have to remind her, okay, when you said that, you know, someone probably could have felt this way. Or sometimes I'll say, you know what, you didn't really have to say that at all. And so it's really a lot of conversation that happens. And we talk through it in the middle of the conversation. Like, I don't care if I'm interrupting her. You're not going to, we're, we're going to get through this and then yes. you can finish telling me what you're saying. And she's yes. getting a lot better at it to now. Sometimes she'll say something and I'll give her a look and she already knows. She was like, Oh, was that mean? Yes. <laughs> and I love that you say you do it in the moment because like it has to happen while it's happening yes. for it to make an impact. Yes. So I love that you said that you do it in the moment and you make it a discussion. It doesn't sound like you're getting angry at her, yelling at her, or making her feel bad. You're just having a discussion saying, this is what could be perceived by what you're saying. Like some people are a little bit more sensitive and yeah. I love that. They are so lucky to have you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like parenting is so hard because it's, do I feel like having the conversation every single time? No, but I recognize that's what's necessary. You know, it's yes. like you're going to I always say parenting is not not parenting is not hard, but being a good parent is super hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where did you learn these skills of being a good parent? Would you say oh my goodness. From your own parents or just from learning and reading? So things? I think honestly, if I'm honest, my husband and I, when we first got married, our first, I guess, role in service together was children's mystery. And we didn't have kids at the time, but we had this amazing ministry of kids and we saw and observed so many different parenting styles, so many different kids living in different uh, home atmospheres. And we just got, I feel like we got this like rainbow of examples. And then we got to say, we like that. Nope. Don't like that. That may be good. Maybe we'll tweak that, you know, and just yes. had what we were able to craft kind of what we felt would be right for our kids based on watching other people. And so if anyone is out there and they are a parent or you want to be a parent, I suggest you get in community with other people who are parents because you will learn so much just from observing what other people do. You'll you'll know what you want to do, but you'll also know what you don't want to do. Yes, I love that tip. It's with anything else. If you're wanting to learn to do anything, you have to surround yourself with that environment. You have to put yourself into it. And so it's the same thing. But for some reason, I feel like parenting is not one of those things where people talk about what yeah. they're doing and not doing. Yeah. It's yeah. like a secret. All <laughs> right. Yeah. You just kind of watch, you know, I, um, I watch, I'm, I'm very observant when it comes to like how people interact with their kids. 
I'm like always watching just because I want to be a great parent. And so I'm like, you know, are they doing something that I need to be doing or are they doing something I need to make sure I'm not doing? You know, yes. I'm always like taking in this information and not to judge them. Like you do whatever's good for you. Yes. But what I'm doing is just observing so then I can figure out what's best for me. Absolutely. Or being a sponge, you're learning. And yeah, by observing, we can learn so much, like you said, of what you like and what you don't like and what you're going to tweak. Yes. And yeah, I think that's a really great tip that you gave us to like surround yourself with other parents and um, not a parent yet, but that is definitely a dream and something that we're working on. And the goal is always to be the best parent you and not dump your past Yes, <laughs> your past yes. onto that child and let them suffer because you've already been through it. So I think, yeah. yeah, surrounding yourself with other people that are that are doing it is the best way to know real quickly. Yeah. And then like another thing my husband and I do, we're like, okay, what about us? Are we, do we wish our parents would have instilled in us? It's like, we're just honest about that. And so we're like, okay, we wish our parents would have done this with us and they didn't, which is fine. They did the best they knew how to do. But it's like, we can take that and say, okay, make sure I'm instilling that in my kids. Perfect example, like right now, my husband and I were doing the Dave Ramsey plan to get out of debt. And neither of us had parents that taught us about money and finances and debt growing up. So it's like, all right, we're learning about this. So guess what? Our kids are going to learn about it. So, um, and this is a personal preference. People may have different opinions about debt, but we've already told our kids they are not allowed to borrow one cent to go to school. Like that's just not even a, an option for them. And so like my, my son, he's nine years old and he knows um, he's not borrowing money to go to school. We're like, you either get a scholarship or you either going to work and just finish slower. Like we're fine with that. But it's just that because we see, you know, we're having to go through this challenge of getting out of debt. We don't want that for our kids. So it's like, it's okay to, to look at what other people are doing and then take your own experiences as well and figure out just because it it was an experience for you you can make it a better experience for your kids you can look at your past you can it could two ways you could look at your, your past and and be like oh man be in self-pity and feel bad about it or you can look at your past and say you know what because of that my kids are going to have a thousand times better. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the goal for most parents is, yeah, I want my kids to have a better life. I want them to have a better start than not yeah. go through the hardships and the trials suffering yeah. that I went through, especially when it comes to money. Because, yeah. yeah, growing up, like you said, that wasn't something that we were taught. I had a job since I was 15 and a half on. But did you think yeah. I saved a penny yeah. of that? Uh, same, no. girl. Same. <laughs> same. If somebody would have taught me, Josie, save 20% of that. Save yes. 10. 10% of yes. that. Yes. I like, know. Well, my, what yeah. a life I would have it, right Yeah. Now. Like, my kids, whenever they get money for birthday or Christmas, like they are not allowed to spend it all. Like they have to save some. And, and my, yeah. And my son, he's nine. He gets so fresh. He's like, mom, I'm like, no, you are going to know how to save. He was like, yes. I already know how to save because you won't ever let me buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's right. You're not buying anything. <laughs> but it's one of those, it's one of those skills that they'll have for life. And yeah. it's going to like impact them in such a yeah. beautiful way because oh, it's yeah. one of those things that I wish I knew. Yeah. Same. My kids, they're going to have better. So it's all like, I'm like, it's all good. It's but all good. my kids will, they will have better. And my grandkids, they'll, they'll be really good. They'll be really well <laughs> off. <laughs> yes. 
yes so you get to change the generations to come yes that is the goal like seriously that is the goal my husband and i we said we are going to be we've decided we're going to be the generation changers like both of us our parents along with like all of our um aunts not aunts but yeah i guess our aunts and uncles they're like all divorced in our family like every like our parents are divorced um and our parents siblings are all divorced so we decided like hey let's be the generation that just says enough already and so we're so pumped about that we're going to be the generation that shows our kids that marriage it may be tough but hey you can do this you're going to stick it out we're going to be the generation that shows our kids hey you don't have to be broke you can actually become wealthy and we're going to teach them how to create wealth it's not just about paying the bills but hey you can actually create wealth for yourself we're going to be the generation that teaches our kids that life is not just about you that you're going to get to grow up and then actually make a difference in your community like we're all about this girl yes you go girl i love it (laughs) feel the fire i can feel the passion that gave me goosebumps so you go and you're like making the world a better place yes uh, yes (laughs) And that is beautiful. And I've had such a pleasure talking to you today about all things life. And people are going to get so much value out of this. And I would love for you to tell us where our listeners can get in contact with you. And of course, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's It definitely has been so much fun. Everyone can find everything that I do on my website, which is aprilnicolescipio.com. And you can find me on the social media platforms as at April Nicole Sip. That's spelled S-C-I-P. And also, if you look on Facebook, I have a community called the Live Lovely Community. And of course, the podcast, the Live Lovely Podcast. Live Lovely. I love that. I love that, babe. Live Lovely. Why not? Yes. And we want to do it well, right? I said we want to live well. We want to love well. And we definitely want to lead well. Yes, that is perfect. That is beautiful. Do you have any last thoughts on your heart that you want to share? I would just share with anyone who's listening that you can do it. I know that sometimes your end goal that you have in mind seems so far away, but I'm telling you, if you just don't quit, you will get to that destination. Yes, 100%. Just take that baby step today. Thank you so much, April. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Backrows podcast. To learn more about your host, Josie Aurelis Wheatman, join her on Instagram at Josie Aurelis for daily inspiration. Or come be a part of the conversation of empowerment and positivity on the Backroads Coaching Facebook group. If this podcast resonates and inspired you, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and share this with a friend. Here's the Backroads theme song by Mike Kramer. I hope you have a beautiful week, friends. I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. All my life I've been walking on the paved roads Staying in the sun and away from the shadows Living between the lines Following the path everybody said was the only one to travel keeping home inside afraid i otherwise might get lost go to pieces and totally unravel working hard to quiet a heart that's aching to be free and is always crying out to me 
Let's take the back road. Let's see how things go. Let's walk with the tin man, the lion and the scarecrow. Let's leave the city and move to the village. All it takes is a little bit of faith and courage. Let's take the back roads.